Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor at the Australian Compliance Institute. And today we have with us our CEO, Naomi Burley. Hi, Naomi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kwame. I'm back again. <laughs> we have mentioned this before, but you know, we've had our conference now, so we can talk about this a bit more clearly, in more detail. But upcoming is the International Federation of Compliance Associations Congress 2023. And the theme is connecting compliance globally. So a three three day conference. And Naomi is here to sort of give us a quick run through, of, you know, why you should attend and why it will benefit you to sort of get a global perspective of what's happening yeah, in yeah. the international compliance community. And, and what we're doing on your behalf. So for those of you who are new to IFCA, weren't listening last time, eyes glazed over, it's an International Federation of Compliance Associations. So it's the ACIs of all of a whole lot of other countries globally. Um, and what we wanted to do was exactly what the theme of the conference is. We want to connect all of you globally with your peers overseas, with the other associations. Pre-COVID, we did actually have quite a few members going between the different countries and then they'd reach out to us, join us while they're in Australia and vice versa when they go to another country. So there's an opportunity for the recognition of the CCRP accreditation and graduate certificate qualification overseas as well. But there's also the opportunity to tap into these resources internationally and get their international speakers in front of our members. So we wanted to make real use of that. It is virtual. It is at sometimes really unfriendly hours for the Australian audience, but it is recorded and you have access to, to those recordings straight away for 30 days following. It is a one of those limited ones because it, it costs funds to host it and we're all sort of contributing to that, trying to keep the price point down. So for, you know, value for money, that's my sell. I think it's really excellent to be able to hear from these speakers. What I find fascinating with this event every year when we come to develop the program is that every single country comes to it with the same challenges and they all have a different approach to regulation. Not every country, you know, has members of IFCA are dealing with principles-based regulation. A lot of them are still on rules-based regulation and a lot of them, their compliance function isn't at the level of maturity and respect and understanding within their own organisations either. So they're, they're sort of struggling with where um, a lot of our members used to be uh, and regarded by the, the business as the handbrake, the old saying. And so we can contribute back by helping them understand how you elevate that, how you have people understand the essential nature of the compliance function and what it, what it involves. Yeah. Yeah, so that's excellent. my cell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. So you did say it was three days and, you know, in the discussion that we had prior, you know, each day seems to have a very sort of special focus. So the first day will be a technical focus, second day strategy and governance, and the last day is sort of the innovative side, you know, looking at reg tech and, um, you know, how these skills can be best used to facilitate the first two days that's of right, information. Yeah. yeah, a bit of tech and a bit of, you know, how you think about your role how the compliance function itself needs to be just as innovative as the rest of the business. Um, you know, that's the reality of the world we work in now. And I, and I think these are really common things across the line to function like compliance. There's always your technical aspect. You need, you know, assessing compliance risk is a completely different proposition to uh, some other kinds of risks. You may be talking about just the internal behaviour and conduct of your own staff, and then you have to look at ways you can influence that and, and implement controls around that, and hopefully some lead controls have, have a bit of a way of contributing to supporting that. 
you are maybe looking at the behaviour of those external to your organisation. So then you are looking at the, the cyber risk and the flow on thing to, to your regulatory implication. Everyone is a player in that risk space, as we know, but you come to it with your particular lens. And sometimes that is the whole, you know, actually understanding what data you've got, for instance, in your organisation and, and what response you need to make depending on what the cyber breach involves. You know, there are different strategic responses to whether it's an outage, whether data was taken, whether, um, you know, you had your brand compromised. You know, there's there's all different things you need to consider. So that's, that's that technical side. And I think that, um, you know, I think it's underappreciated the different nuances. It's completely fine to be reporting that all as part of your, you know, full risk matrix, but I think that um, where we've seen in board feedback as well is that they are increasing some of their appreciation for that technical side of what's different about each of these kinds of risks and what kind of exposure that makes. So I think that I think that we're getting there with boards as well. Um, then that flows into the second day. We know that as well compliance the compliance function is more than an administrative function. It's not just filing the report when you need to file it and, and rolling out a bit of training. It is much more strategic than that. And we know from our experience in Australia with the excellence that we see amongst our members that our compliance function can be completely strategic. They understand, you know, when you understand how your regulator operates, what problems the regulator is trying to solve, where their push and pressure points come from, you can stop being a sort of line by line and infinite detail kind of compliance admin kind of person and get into the, these are the key priorities for us executing our strategy. These are the weaknesses in the market that the regulators identify because there's lots of strategic alignment in that. These are the ways we need to change and adapt our business. Those are strategic decisions. We're going to stop selling this product. We're going to stop selling it this way. We're going to change a product. We're going to develop a new product, which will be better for customers. Um, and that's just been services. If you go into all other industries, you know, some industries are grappling with how they become regulated. So having in a person who's really strategic and understands how that plays into your strategy, rather than being worried about whether you crossed T's and dotted I's, is a is a real bonus to an organisation, I think, and and that's that strategic thing that I think we need to keep reinforcing those skills for anyone working in line two compliance, definitely. No, excellent, and I think that what you just said really intersects with two upcoming podcasts that we have coming out. One that focuses on the consolidation of super and animation industry and the issues that has been seen there with a particular organisation, as well as a review that ASIC did that was released this year. And also in another podcast where we're going to sort of look at that incoming amendments for the AML-CTF Act. And again, yeah. you know, that governance strategy part will be really, really sort of important in that space. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, again, we don't know line by line what they're going to do. We know they're going to simplify, but we know the things they're not going to stop doing. Um, so, you know, I don't, there's some level of uncertainty, but it's like a 2080 and we know we can continue some things as business as usual. And we've certainly been given notice by the regulator. Again, we understand how Austrac operates. We understand what they're trying to achieve. So we get a good sense of the things that are going to continue and expect to be made better. And we can, you know, in the line two function, you can still give advice to your business, um, anticipating that some 
details are going to need to change and you've you've had a couple of those flagged so you can kind of be in readiness and that's strategic you don't wait for it to land and then go oh what are we going to do now you are talking to the business now you're talking to your boards now saying this is coming in this is what we need to consider for next year's budget we will likely have to implement a project we obviously can't give you the size but you have those conversations and that really enhances your reputation with the board in my opinion because you're going there very knowledgeably I know lots of lots of people think oh but if you go in too early they'll they'll think you're chicken little and you're saying the sky's falling. You go in and you go in with a very balanced rationale for why you've got to do something and when, you know, and you be honest, we don't have all of the information yet. But if you leave it to the last minute and suddenly say, oh, well, we've got to do this and we've got to be compliant in a year, we all know that the timelines that we get for having to have this implemented are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And executing a project in that time frame is incredibly difficult. So it behooves you to get on the front foot and have already set in play the thinking around the budgets and the resources and the people that will be needed for that. But, you know, that's that's what strategic thinking is all about and, and it definitely applies to line two. But um, sorry, listen to those other two podcasts as well, as Kwame just said. <laughs> <laughs> and Sharon, and of course, to, to sort of help you with all those different things, the last day sort of looks at those creative, innovative solutions and yeah. where your skills can best be placed. So talk a bit about what they might expect there. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky in Australia. We've had a conversation and we've been able to see some really great providers in the red tech space for quite some time. So I think comparatively, we're quite mature, but that doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't be on the lookout for anyone who might be producing, you know, really quality tools that will enable you to conduct analysis and and tackle a problem in a different way. And that is what technology has been promising for a long time. And it feels like it's one of those things that's going to exponentially improve as everybody's knowledge. And then bam, shabam, we'll be able to do all the things we've been waiting for for a little while. And I feel like we're right on the edge of that, especially when you start talking about AI. There's AI risks in an organisation, you know, and it requires supervision just like anything and you need to understand it. But there's also a lot of potential for AI in the compliance space. It's not going to take over a line to role at all. But as we know, the volume of data that we have inside organisations that can tell you what you need to know about customers or a situation or how you're selling a product or how a particular situation is playing out and help you make connections that you need to make. The potential of that is really amazing and contributes back to that strategic point. You know, you, you can start observing trends and analysis. I remember the days when, you know, a single incident, it didn't get reported up, the data didn't get tracked anywhere. So your analysis of it is that it's one off. And that's how the business could argue it. These days, if you have the tech, you have the data and you have the maturity, you can actually go know what the data is telling us is that is a trend. And and you are about to take us over the edge of not complying and you know, whatever that means for the organisation. So uh, I think the innovation day is really, really important. And I think it's really important for anyone in a line two function to not get buried down too far in day one in the technical detail and be left behind and look like you're the old fashioned players in the organisation. You have to be just as innovative as the rest of the business and you have to demonstrate you're up for that. So I think it's a really important, a really important final day. Mm, excellent. So Reminder, the Congress states 17th, 18th and 19th. Where can they register um, from our website straight to the IFCA website? 
The registration where we've uh, we facilitated, so you can register at two points. You can register via the IFCA ICC website, but you will be paying in US dollars if you go that way. We've done a conversion at a certain point in time, and if you're an ACI member, you'll get your member discount if you come in via our website. So we do have the link up in our event. You can go and register there. For ACI members, I think it's $125 for the three days worth. And like I said, there's recording. So if you don't want to stay up, it's not in our time zone, that's completely fine. You can watch the recording later. You can watch the recording as many times as you like before the 30 days. And, you know, just having a conversation with someone the other day, I know our members are all really, really busy. And I know that there is no good time to take time out from your schedule to, you know, it feels like spending it on yourself. And it feels like taking it away from the busy whirlwind of everything you do. But I think everyone should be thinking of themselves as their own personal project. And the reason why we say for accredited members you do 20 points of CPD annually is because that's what you need. There's, there is so much volume of stuff you need to keep up with. If you could do that in 20 hours, I'd be, I'd be surprised. You know, you're always reading stuff. You're always getting to know things in the business. So, I, you know, willing, keep encouraging. Uh, members to you know spend some time on themselves and if you divide the 20 units over 12 months that's sort of three hours a month something is my maths right it's less than that (laughs) um so you know that's not that much but you've got to do it and not keep putting it off yeah so go and register (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's not a call to action that's a command (laughs) yeah um (laughs) No, excellent. Well, thank you, Naomi. And hopefully everybody's gotten all that information they need. Um, any registration details and dates and information that will be in the podcast yeah. notes. And you can um, always reach out to the office. You know, if you can't yeah. find something, email us or call us and we'll help. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Naomi. Very welcome. This podcast has been a production of the Australian Compliance Institute and the music was done by Rob Neary.